Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Be seated. My, how things have changed in a short 30 years or so. Out of curiosity, I went for a drive yesterday out to Castleton Square Mall and the surrounding area. My interest was piqued after reading a news story about how sales in stores that are in malls could be down as much as 30% this year. It was a place I knew very well in my late teens and into my early and mid-twenties. I worked in the mall back in the days when there was only one, possibly two exits out of the back end to 86th Street. Did you know that a 1978 Camaro Z28, it was possible to reach close to 90 miles an hour in the back stretch behind Lazarus or where Macy's is? A little faster than the uh, 76 Z28 that was side by side. I doubt they knew it, but they had created a wonderful road course there with the outer ring of the roadway around acres and acres of parking. I'm not sure who would have done that at 2 a.m., but I'm told it happened more than once. Castleton has changed. Yesterday at about 11 a.m. on the second day after Thanksgiving, there were fewer cars parked there in the lot than we would have seen on a Thursday in June in the 80s, 90s, or the early 2000s. I wondered if there were more employees parked in the lot yesterday than actual customers. Things change. You might notice a change here today, the placement of the Christmas tree. Usually down there, it's up here. Change with a good reason. It's also not lit. The lights do work. You just won't see them for a few weeks. It's not Christmas. It's Advent. Christmas has continued to be pushed so far forward in our minds. Looking back at malls in the 80s, Christmas decorations would not go up until the evening of the day before Thanksgiving. Then the stores were closed on Thanksgiving Day. And when you opened on the Friday after Thanksgiving, notice I didn't say Black Friday. Black Friday was a term reserved for the marketing guys, the buyers, the people at the corporate office. It was referred to as the day after Thanksgiving. When you opened the doors that Friday after Thanksgiving, even then Christmas had come. The all-out quest for Christmas joy, gifts, and spirit began with the decorations, the music, and stacks of stuff. One thing that has not changed is the historic lectionary of the church, at least for those churches that follow it. The gospel reading from Matthew 21 has been in use for the first Sunday in Advent for centuries. On this first Sunday of Advent, it can seem a bit odd to be reading of Christ's entrance into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, just before his crucifixion, as all around us, Christmas seems to have arrived already. The reading is also special in the sense that it is the only reading that is repeated in the one-year lectionary. But it fits in a most beautiful way when we view the season of Advent as a time of preparation before the time of Christmas that the church celebrates. That time is Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the two Sundays in Christmas, usually two, that follow before Epiphany on January 6th. That period of about two weeks is the time of Christmas in the church year. Hence, Advent, however, is much like Lent. It is a time of anticipation, a time for self-examination and reflection as we await the birth of Jesus, our Savior. 
but with Christmas seeming to be in full bloom around all of us from almost November 1st forward, the sense of waiting can be minimized or even lost. This is especially true given what our minds should be focused on, our needs. No, not your Christmas list, but our need for a king. But this is America, Pastor. We don't have kings. You're right. And possibly this has caused our understanding of kings to be lost. We choose our leaders, like in this just past election. Kings are not chosen. They come. They reign by their might and authority. So we read of Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey, humbly, with no pretense or show of his authority. He did not come on a mighty war horse or in a chariot decked in gold with riders before him clearing the way, the way an earthly king would come. Nor did he come recognizable as the king of glory, as we might expect God Almighty have come rightly, with hosts of heaven, with angels, armies leading the way. He could not enter Jerusalem in that way for the same reason. He had come in a lowly state as an infant. Had the Son of God appeared in all of his glory in either of these instances, sinners would have been lost forever. They would have either fled at the sight of the most holy God or perished in the presence of his perfect righteousness that demands the subjects of his kingdom be sinless or die. And all people are subject of his kingdom. So God the Father in his infinite mercy did what made no sense to the wise he sent a servant king, his son to come in a humble way that would not threaten, but instead show forth God's mercy on his creation. Still, many do not see their need for a king, one that would rule over them, tell them how they must live and behave toward those around them, and especially how they should act before their king. They want nothing to do with a king's rule or his rules for their lives, even if it is for their benefit. They scoff at the rules and instead make their own. They let idolatry rule and find their joy even in it, even their Christmas joy and things that are not of God. They live sinful lives in which they talk dreadfully about their neighbors, co-workers, and even their own family, killing them and their reputations with their words. They covet all they see around them, wanting more and more like spoiled children. They lust sexually after what they do not have, what is not theirs, that which God has not given them, and they take it anyway. If not physically, they do so in their minds and in the imagination of their hearts. We too are they. But we look toward and earnestly desire the coming and rule of our King. Advent is a time when we poor miserable sinners that we are and we confess to be, Look for the coming of Christ to save us from our sinful selves. We do so in the same way the devout remnant of all of the tribulation God's people went through did. Throughout all their time of trouble, their hope remained in the promise of God that there would be a coming king. The prophets told of the suffering servant that would come, the sprout from the root of Jesse, that would be righteous. We sing the Sanctus from the ancient liturgy in our divine service. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. These are the same words sung by those that followed Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. And that cry is the hope of peace that was announced by the angels at Jesus' birth. Peace has come to Jerusalem, the new Israel that is Christ's church, as Jesus, the King, enters on a donkey and rides to his death on a cross. A death to save sinners, the very ones cheering as he arrives that will turn and curse him. They will share in the rule of the King, having access by faith to the righteousness he gives. None of this has changed. We sing the Sanctus and we praise our King who has come to rule in our sinful lives. But he rules not by giving laws and mandates. He rules and has power in what he takes away. He removes all of our sin. Though we be as sinful as all the unbelievers around us, we have been called by our King. We have been called by the proclamation of his gospel to repentance and to faith in what our King has decreed. He reigns. He deals wisely. He executes justice and righteousness in the land. He does it by taking all of our sin upon himself and exchanging it for his perfect righteousness, allowing us to stand before God, our Father, without fear. Some things change. Gray hair. The mall is suffering. The 2 a.m. raceway is essentially closed. The tree has been moved and you will not see it lit until Christmas. When you look at the tree, you might look at the darkness of it behind the Christmans that cover it with symbols of Christ. Christ covers our sinful darkness with his glorious light and life. We live covered, clothed in his death and resurrection with our sins forgiven. And we will shine on the last day with the full brightness of the glory that is his. Maybe that's a good reason to wait, to, in anticipation, contemplate the darkness we would be left in without Christ. Christ, the light that penetrates the darkness of our hearts and gives us poor, miserable sinners eternal life. Yet as Christians, even as we wait, he is with us. Our King still comes lowly in ways that befuddle human minds in their simplicity and commonness, like God made man coming as a king of creation on a donkey. He still comes as we wait, and trusting in him, we receive what our King gives in the manner he has chosen to give it. Forgiveness of sins in water combined with his word and his body and his blood that are under the bread and wine. Christmas seemingly all around us, but it's really Advent, and we wait. In the name of Jesus, amen.